Durham police used a taser on a child in a school. A worker has died in Calgary at an industrial work site. Archer Polowski is given his sentence and it equals time already served. Quebec's waiting list for long-term care has grown to its largest since 2018 and Azerbaijan starts military campaign against Armenian-controlled territory. Good morning. It's Wednesday, September 20th. I'm Nora coming to you from Calgary and here are your headlines. We start this morning in Durham, where Durham police used a taser on a 12-year-old girl yesterday. The article in CP24 from Catherine Leclerc defends the actions by saying that the girl was, quote, allegedly assaulting a staff school member, unquote, a line taken directly from the police. Here's what Durham Police Sergeant Joanna Bordelis said, quote, she was actively violently assaulting a female staff member of that school. That female staff member did have injuries. That assault was ongoing and officers made the decision at the time to deploy the taser and it was effective. My God, maybe Borderless should take up writing horror stories because the coolness with which she described assaulting a child suggests that she has a talent for this kind of writing. The police were called to the school at around 1130. The student was in a classroom and it sounds like she was alone. She was, quote unquote, armed with scissors. Again, that's how police described it. They asked her to drop the scissors and she did. She then fled the classroom and went outside to the schoolyard. The police didn't explain how she was able to get past police officers and into the schoolyard. But there she apparently went right to a staff person and assaulted her. It was then that the cops tased the child. Bordelis said this, quote, sometimes it's difficult to de-escalate those situations regardless of what you do, unquote, which is honestly an admission that police should never be called in to de-escalate these kinds of situations because if regardless of what police are doing, they aren't able to de-escalate, something is failing. One person was sent to the hospital after being struck in the head. The police did not say if the person was the same one who was being assaulted at the time of the taser attack. Next to Calgary for a short story about a worker's death, which is standard for stories about workplace accidents as they rarely get the kind of coverage that they deserve. A worker has died in northeast Calgary. He was involved in transporting marble slabs and one must have struck him or landed on him because he was killed on the scene. This is how Carol Hankey from the Calgary Fire Department described it. Quote, some marble was being transported, some large marble slabs and a tragic accident happened. Unquote. While I'm sure Hanky could have been more direct and explained actually what happened rather than just saying some statements that we then have to piece together in our minds, I guess we are able to imagine what happened here. Occupational health and safety investigators have opened an investigation. Next to Lethbridge, where Arthur Polowski has been sentenced to 60 days in jail. He was involved in protests against COVID-19 health measures, including blocking the border at Coots in Alberta. He's also famous for heading a freaky church, heading a freaky political party, and for being a very active Calgary-based street preacher. Polowski does not actually have to serve any of those 60 days. The judge gave him 60 days credit for time already served. 
The Judge Justice Gordon Creque said that Pulowski was not involved in planning the convoy and his appearance there wasn't a major part of the border blockade. Now, just so you know, he was blocking the road, preaching, talking about God, and had been arrested several times at the border. But the judge didn't think that probation was necessary either. Quote, as the accused does not believe he did anything wrong. He is not remorseful for the harm he has caused, unquote. I'll remember that argument if I ever find myself in front of a judge. The Crown had been asking for an eight to ten month sentence while the defense was asking for time served. The judge agreed, obviously, with the defense. The article from the Canadian press mentions several times that Pulowski had already served time, but nowhere does it mention how much time. Did he serve 60 days? It's unlikely, as pretrial custody usually counts for more time as a deterrent for the legal system to draw out cases. Pulowski, on his paid Twitter account, tweeted a photo of himself with a raised arm in the air and wrote, quote, a free man. The fight continues. Praise Jesus. Quote, do not touch my anointed ones. Do my prophets no harm. Unquote. Psalm 105, 15. Unquote. Pulowski is a far-right religious leader known for his street preaching. He spent at least some of his pretrial custody at home under house arrest and had been arrested several times for preaching during the border shutdown at Coutts. Next, the waiting list for Quebec's long-term care facilities has reached a new summit for people waiting for a space. There are 4,560 people waiting to move into a CHSLD, which is a 65% increase since October 2018. The CAC has promised to overhaul this system. In fact, it was one of their key promises when they were elected in October 2018. They tried to build 2,600 new spaces, but have already missed their last deadline of end of 2022. There have been construction delays, a lack of personnel, and changes to construction plans, all of which which have pushed about 20 projects to be late. The lack of spaces in Seychelles days is impacted by overcrowding within the hospital system, reports Daniel Boilly and David Gentil. Like in the rest of Canada, long-term care beds are necessary for people who are in convalescence after surgeries or other hospital issues. If they can't be moved out of hospital, there is another delay added to other surgeries. In two years, there's been a 14.3% increase in people needing alternative levels of care. That is health care that is not so serious that they need to be in hospital, but still serious enough that they cannot go home. There are more than 2,300 people who are in hospital beds currently waiting for a space to open up within long-term care. And finally, to international news and to the Nagorno-Karabakh region. The region is currently controlled by ethnic Armenians. Azerbaijan has attacked the region and killed some number of people. One report places the deaths at 25. The region has been a source of conflict since the collapse of the Soviet Union. While it's controlled by Armenia, it's internationally recognized as being part of Azerbaijan. But the 120,000 people who live there are ethnic Armenians, and Armenian authorities argue that it's a part of their ancestral homelands. They want to see the lands removed from being part of Azerbaijan. Ethnic Armenians have controlled this region since 1994 as part of a separatist war. But in 2020, Azerbaijan won the territories back through armed conflict. 
Armenia has called on the U.S. Security Council and Russian peacekeepers to intervene. Russian peacekeepers have been deployed to the region since the 2020 conflict. Al Jazeera reports that there are protests in Yerevan, the capital of Armenia, to denounce Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan and how he's managed the conflict. They want him to resign. He's seen as being too pro-Western by Russia, which matters to folks there, as Russia has been a supporter of Armenia. There is an interesting global power play potentially brewing here. Russia is positioning itself as mediator between Azerbaijan and Armenia, but Turkey has been getting more and more involved and backs Azerbaijan. Turkey has argued that Azerbaijan was forced to launch the military assault after the country's concerns were not addressed in the aftermath of the 2020 conflict. The European Union, France and Germany have all condemned Azerbaijan's military actions. And just an update on that information related to Unifor that I said yesterday, they have reached an agreement. There's no strike and the workers have a new contract. I don't know what the details of that contract are yet. I'm sure we will hear about them for the next couple of days and they will set the tone for bargaining with Stellantis and GM. So congratulations to those members. And, you know, it's not passed yet. So we'll see what they do in the strike votes. Those are your headlines for Wednesday, September 20th. I'm Nora. Don't forget, Sandy Nora Live, October 14th. Get your tickets at thepointofsale.com. Just search Sandy and Nora. You're listening to this podcast at sandynora.com on the Real News Network podcast feed and wherever you get your podcasts. I hope you have a wonderful Wednesday.